CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from outside Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, T- Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined, as I am every week, by a smile, and he loves when I mess up, Mr. Shane Reeves. Well, that was a pretty good one. Yeah. I was, I was going through some of our old episodes a couple of weeks ago, and I found a few of those where I start the intro and get halfway through and jumble it and mess up. And, and we've mentioned on the show before we can never air those because of it's usually a, a string of expletives. But my favorite one of all time I found the other day, I'll have to share it with you. It's brilliant. Yeah, you know, we've been having a lot of these little afternoon pop-up storms, and we don't seem to be in, in danger of that today, at least not at the moment. One of the things I learned from listening back to last week's show, or two weeks ago, the first uh, the first time we recorded with the new equipment, is that you couldn't tell that we were recording from inside a cigar shop. The background noise was pretty much gone, so I thought, let's let's go sit outside. Yeah. Uh, Brian Regan, the comedian, does an amazing bit on that. (laughs) Hang on a minute. (laughs) Excellent. Well, you've got a great one there this week. What made you choose that? I haven't had one in a while either. Well, there's soon not to be in this store. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. So I've got a Jericho Hill by Crown Heads this week, uh, another cigar that I haven't had in a very long time. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it in, in weeks past just as one of those that's a great cigar, but for some reason I keep walking by it in the humidor. But I wanted something a little different, something that I wasn't all that familiar with. Now, I've, I've smoked a handful of them, so it's not completely foreign, but I couldn't tell you anything about it from all the ones that I've had in the past. So uh, Jericho Hill is, it was funny, I was researching this cigar and I learned something that, that I never knew about it. So it's a Nicaraguan binder and filler with a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. And the name Jericho Hill is is named after, or the name for the cigar comes from Johnny Cash's rendition of Cocaine Blues from the Live at Folsom Prism album. And the song itself is about Willie Lee, it, you know, he's a rustler and it, it falls into this, you know, tumultuous sort of life of crime and whatnot. And... Uh, it culminates with him being captured in Juarez, Mexico. So that's kind of the tie, you know, Music Music City and, and, you know, Crown Heads has always been really plugged in to country music as well as Nashville heritage and things like that. So it kind of explains the connection with Johnny Cash and then the the Mexican San Andreas rapper is the tie back to the song. Well, I hope Tracy stretched long enough 
Well, it's not often that you get a cigar with that much kind of a backstory, you know, it's, and that's, that's what I love about Crown Heads is they don't do anything by chance. They're very considered, whether it's the naming, the blending, whatever it is, they're very, take a very considered approach to the cigars they release. And I really like that. No, I still have just had the one, but I'm looking forward to having more. I'm just waiting probably about a month or so until some of the, the fervor goes down. I, I do want to have uh, a, the ability to buy a box so that I can let some of them sit. Well, and I've said on the past on, on past shows before, I was in the same boat. You know, when they first came out, I was not sold. And it wasn't until the Tennessee Waltz that I went, holy crap, there's – well, no. No, it was the first Los Calaveras that I went, okay, they've they've got something here. And then the Tennessee Waltz is when I beca- became just a complete fanboy for all of their stuff. Case in point with that, I had an amazing cigar experience this week that I can't wait to share with you. And it applies to crowned heads, which is why I'm jumping right into it. Uh, about five years ago, right after the, uh, oh, I think I did kind of share this with you. Yeah, um, one of their first events they did at my old shop down in Atlanta was when they all they had was the Headley Grange and the Four Kicks. They may have had one other at the time, uh, but. A friend of mine bought a bunch of four kicks, let him sit in his locker for a while, and then he was clearing out his locker, and he just gave me what was left. One of them, one of those cigars was a four kicks from that event five years ago. Well, I've been sitting on it for that in, for since then. I lit it up this week, and holy crap, that might be the best cigar I've ever had. No, I... Just it aged so perfectly. It makes me want to go buy a box and put the date on them and and let them sit again if I could keep my paws off them that long. Because it was, I came home for lunch and I just had enough for about a 45 to 50 minute smoke. I didn't have, and, and it was the perfect size. It was a little Corona, I think. And it was the perfect, I was like, you know what, I'm going for it. And I, I didn't want to go back to work. I didn't want that cigar to end. I... It was, you know, we talk about the experience of, you know, how you're smoking the cigar, where, and the circumstances uh, contributing to your enjoyment. This wasn't that. This was just me on lunch and a stressful day, but holy crap, that was an amazing cigar with five years of age on it. Well, you know, we've talked about that before. It's one thing to say this is a great cigar Yeah. That's pretty hard to be done. Second only to if it happens to be your second cigar of the 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you that I've had just a whole lot of them, honestly. Sounds like a recipe that you would enjoy. And we've we've discussed at length in the past how you are, are how attached you are to birds flying by and how that can get your mind to go in. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a La Aurora, Connecticut sitting in my humidor right now that I keep waiting for the perfect opportunity to light up. Because I do like a good Connecticut cigar. Now, there are a lot of bad Connecticut cigars out there uh, for my palate. You know, I, I like a little bit more body to it. But the, when a, when it's done well, the San Cristobal Elegante is my go-to when it comes to good Connecticut-wrapped cigars. The La Aurora is that way, too. But I'm waiting for like a Saturday morning with my coffee, just sometime where it's, it's a little cooler out still early. Uh, I love a Connecticut for a, a first cigar of the day before noon. Yeah, it's going to be here before we know it. Another thing that's being released at the show that I'm really excited about, even though I probably won't get my hands on because there's not a whole lot of places around Nashville that carries them, is that uh, Nat Sherman's releasing, uh, they're basically rebranding and repackaging their entire line. Uh, major portfolio upgrade according to, uh, this comes from Half Wheel. So they're going to announce it at the show, but basically the three core pillars are the Timeless, the Apoca, and the Metropolitan series. They've done a rebranding on all of their lines. The Timeless series looks like the um, looks like it was done by the graphic designer for Hitchcock, if you look at the design of the boxes. They're, it's still the same classic blends, but they've just updated their their packaging and, and their graphics a little bit, and it looks phenomenal. And I've always been a big fan of Nat Sherman's stuff. You don't find them very often. They tend to be a little bit lighter bodied, but I've always been a big fan of their stuff. So I'm excited about this. Well, you know, we've had the Nat Sherman rep here a couple of times doing events 
Yeah, they can be a bit stuffy. Right. Well, it's one of those legacy brands, right? I mean, they've been around for generations and generations and generations. So I, I think it's kind of that you don't see it as much in the cigar industry, but, you know, the cigar that your grandfather smoked. And so I think a lot of people kind of avoid it because they remember it from that standpoint as opposed to appreciating it for what a good cigar it really is. Well, look what it did for Camacho. I mean, Davidoff spearheaded the, the financial investment for that rebranding, but it took an already really good cigar company and not only increased their shelf presence, but also led to some consistency, and it just kind of made them focus on the brand image. And I think if, if Sherman takes that same approach, then we're going to get a lot more great cigars out of them as they're trying to fit their blends into their existing portfolios. Again, still pricey, but you know when a when a good cigar is that good, I, it's never going to be an everyday smoke for me at that price point. But I can at least appreciate why it's expensive, and it gives me one more avenue when I'm looking for something a little special than just going to the Padron section. Yeah, is that never meet your heroes thing, right? Yeah. But see, that's something that you dive into a lot more than I do. And and if I'm being completely frank, it's it's price point. You know, most special releases are out of my price range. And so I, I get lucky. I'll have one or two a year. That's why I like the Las Calaveras so much is because it's very reasonably priced for a special release. Uh, but, yeah, I don't get my hands on them nearly as much as I would like. Oh, we're out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does. Although, to their credit, I will say Avo does a very good job with their special releases, too. Now, again, not the most economical of all special releases, but they're so consistent year to year that it becomes if you liked the 2008, you'll like the 2009. It's not going to be the same cigar, but they're going to be of the same caliber and quality each time. That's like the Avo 88 that came out on Avo's 88th birthday or on that year was probably the best special edition Avo that I've ever had. 
but the ones immediately before it and after it were still good. I mean, they were still worthy of that Avo special release name. Yeah. I've got to say the same thing about my Jericho Hill over here. You know, it's a little windy out today. I, I hope that's not being picked up on the mics. I can't tell. But so it's smoking a little fast, but I'm really enjoying it. I can't believe I've taken this long to get back to it. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually haven't had one since then, and I need to go back and have another one of those. That might be what I smoke after the show tonight. Yeah. All right. Okay. And the natural and... I am not a fan. I cannot enjoy a cigar that has that that sweet treatment. And I've tried a number of them. And I, you know, I, I I'm always into trying something new, you know, within limits. So, putting it on a cigar that's not, you know, flavored or infused. I mean, granted, it's it's a pungent, it's a flavorful cigar because of that Kentucky Fire Cure tobacco in it. And it almost makes me wonder if. Maybe the sweet will be kind of like that, you know, that southern style barbecue sauce on a good plate of pork shoulder. Like that sweet and smoky flavor going well together. Right. Yeah, because it gives you that, it still gives you that little bit of entry point with that sweetness on the lips. It's, like I said, it it dries my mouth out, surprisingly. I know sweet a lot of times doesn't do that for people, but it does for me. Okay. Oh yeah, they're tiny. That's not. Mine too. That's that's less expensive than the regular production line. It very well may be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are people that follow JR more so than, yeah, I feel like 
anytime I've done searches online, you CI comes up really quick. Thompson comes up really quick. JR is usually closer to the bottom of the list. And I feel like that online retailer is more, more caters to the people who know what they're looking for. They follow the deals. They get the email alerts, whereas CI and Thompson are the people who are casually looking. <laughs> Very quite literally. You know, the Facebook thing is really interesting because that's taken off recently. Uh, that was always a thing, but it's gotten bigger and bigger lately. So, yeah, we'll definitely pull into that. Just looking at the band, I would say the same thing. It doesn't look like a Rocky cigar. Yeah, I go for the Toro, and it's a little bit cheaper, but not by much. It does, and it's because of that volume of Lajero you're going to get in it. Anybody who's ever had a LFD cheroot will, will t or an NAS will tell you that because that's exactly what that is, and they are monsters. Welcome back, everybody. It's been hit or miss lately. Is it al fresco dining outside? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're podcasting al fresco. <laughs> outside is perfect out here right now. I am waiting for six Harley Davidsons to pull up next to us to see, see if the microphone will pick that up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got to think, your brick and mortar, they're, they've got a lot more overhead. So, not, so first off, they're buying in smaller quantities because they have to warehouse it. Someplace that's humidity controlled, and, but it also has to have uh, facings. You know, you've got boxes open. That takes up a lot more space than just stacking a bunch of boxes. 
So they can't buy as much at a time. They also have the overhead of state taxes. They have uh, air conditioning, Wi-Fi, TV, all, all of that stuff. And that's going to work its way into the final price as a retail consumer. So when you put all of those things together, the savings by going online can be upwards of 15%. It's usually about the same. Uh, it, it depends, you know, price and participation may vary on anything when you're talking brick and mortar. But I, I tend to find that it, I've always said there's a difference between a cigar shop and a cigar bar. And the difference is usually about 50% markup. So whereas, let's say your Charter Oak is going to be 650 at just a regular old brick and mortar cigar shop, cigar lounge, it's probably going to be closer to 10 at a cigar bar. So I, I, I've, you would think that if they're getting your money across the bar as well as in the humidor that they would kind of mingle those. But typically what you get are people in there on vacation, people on business, and they charge a premium for it because they're, they're charging you for the experience, not just the products. Well, first and foremost, we have to issue a disclaimer. Before, we're talking to, before we go any further talking about online cigar, do not, and I repeat, do not, under penalty of a flogging with a wet noodle, bring a cigar that you bought online into a brick-and-mortar store. Just don't do it. It really does, too, especially, you know, and I was having a conversation with someone else about this the other day because I'm actually in the market to buy a box online this month just because the weather has gotten so nice, and I have taken to smoking on my balcony every single night. That is what I do to unwind every day. Typically, I'm with my girlfriend, so it just becomes a nice way to end the day. And since I'm not going to be in a retail shop, since I am going to be in my own environment, it, it's worth it to, to get the, the little bit of savings. The other thing I'm noticing with that is that there are a lot of cigar brands that exist online only, and this goes to your point. When I see it, when I see a Five Vegas, for example, is the one, I think it's a CI House brand. When I see those in brick and mortars, that yeah, I absolutely get a little like, I, there's, it's not even... Because you know, it's one thing to buy a cigar in another shop and bring it to a different shop to smoke it. That I can actually kind of, it's still bad form, but I can at least give you a pass, especially if it's one of those special release kind of scenarios. But if it's a, a brand that I know is exclusively sold online, that's just... Yeah. 
Yeah, and if you have a good relationship with your shop owner, that's uh, that's really the key. Even with all of this, right? You know, if you have a good relationship, and the cigar shop owner is someone who's a fairly decent guy, you know, there are going to be some shop owners. Doesn't matter how much money you spend in their shop, they're not going to let you do that. That's that's up to them. That's fine. That's that's their prerogative. But especially with the relationship we have with Austin. Um, he knows that if there's something that we want and can't get here, we're supporting the shop every other opportunity we get. We're still going to buy a cigar here when we're here. That's where that, that being a regular someplace makes a big difference. And that may be one out of every 30 or 40 cigars I'm smoking. Oh, and, and that's probably being fairly liberal. It's probably closer to one out of 50 or 100. You know, I've only had a couple of seconds that were given to me. I've never actually purchased a bundle of seconds. So what a second is, is a cigar that has not had quality control at the, you know, at the manufacturing facility. And sometimes they're an odd size. Sometimes they didn't come out exactly the right size. Sometimes they're damaged. They have damage on the rack. And that's fairly rare, though. Most of the time, from my understanding, that you're going to get a second, it's still going to be quality construction and not damn it, it's usually going to be a color issue or, like you said, a size issue. Well, there's, there's either a color issue or there's an overproduction. Right. If they happen to have an overrun, this particular cigar did not sell as well as they thought it would. They had, you know, a warehouse full of them they needed to get rid of. They can put it on that second market. Right. Uh, Perdomo, Perdomo's one of those. Yeah. Uh, you pick up those Perdomo seconds, and th- those are the ones that I've had. They're as good as in- they're not as good as anything in their main production line, but they are still a good quality Perdomo cigar. Yeah, exactly. Well, when the Edge first came out, though, the demand was so high that you actually would see shops run out of them, which is hard to imagine for a 100-count box, but I was seeing it all over the place. Well, and then, you know, of course, the big one, Cigars International, Cigar.com. Um, I like Cigar.com because they're prone to have their daily deals, and occasionally they'll have something, you know, I bought a, I bought a box of Avo uh, Heritage Lanceros there for less than $100. Wow. Right, exactly, because then it, you do enough people do that enough times, and then you lose the ability to pick your cigars up here and smoke them here. Yeah, and the most, I'd say the difference between what they're selling for retail and what they're selling for online is usually 15% of this. Yeah, I, I, occasionally, you know, those daily deals, and that, that is one little tip that I will say. If you are looking to buy some cigars on online, be patient, because I think, I want to say J.R. or Thompson, I can't remember which one, does really great daily deals. And they start in the morning, and once they run out, they run out. And you can find some real great deals, sometimes 20 to 25% by the time you add in all the freebies and other stuff that you get with it. So if you can be patient and wait for something, 
and and get the deal when it's hot, that can be some significant savings there. You're paying retail. A lot of them, though, will do free shipping these days. Shipping has gotten so cheap. Right. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll admit it, I'm partially responsible for that. Nearly everything I buy on Amazon is either same day or next day. And when you go prime, same, or next day, those don't come via UPS. They come via Amazon carrier or courier. So they're actually employing their own drivers. So it's kind of – that explains why they're having to increase their prices because they're having to hire more people to, to keep up with it. It's not just drop shipping it like they used to. I hadn't heard that. Yes, they did quit. They're not going to be shipping it to stores anymore. That will be an online only cigar. Hmm. That's a great cigar, too. Oh, yeah. I pulled up the Hero Cigar.com for who the Doc's Madness sell. And I'll rock the tail, Super Lajero Robusto. Doc's is another $69.99. Holy cow. That's a good one. That's a real, and for a cigar that's 8 bucks retail, I think, somewhere in there. I think I think we featured it at a cigar under eight dollars one time, but still, I mean, twenty cigars for what is that? Three dollars a stick? Yeah, about three dollars a stick. That's sixty nine ninety nine for three of the stick. Yeah. And all of them you pay shipping, but now a lot of places give you free shipping with everything over a hundred dollars. You know, there's always that threshold of if you do a little trick, if you'll Google the name of the company you're going to order from, a lot of times you can find a coupon code online for some of the products. And there's actually, if you use Google Chrome, there's a uh, plugin that you can add to your browser called, I think it's Cupert. And whenever you're on a website, it automatically scans the web for coupon codes for that website. So when you go to your shopping cart, you click on the little icon in your toolbar and it goes, you can save this much with this one, this much with this one, this much with this one. Yeah. So that you may at least save twenty percent. Exactly. That's a pretty common thing. Now, earlier this year, Facebook closed Denver's stores to sell more cigar groups. I think I heard something about this. Yeah, they so they closed it and they cigar cartel was the first one they did it to. And it did Denver's route because it violated our terms of use. But they restored it because it turned out it didn't. What Facebook is concerned about is minors. Right. You know, the people that there was Facebook groups for guns and ammunition. But, you know, there's a couple of good Facebook groups. I like Cigar Cartel. I enjoy looking at their posts and seeing where different people are smoking and what they're having here. And, you know. and they even had a, a meetup here at Crown Cigars one time, uh, a couple of months ago. And um, Cat's Cigar Aficionados Radio Sales. That's another group I'm part of. Now, here's the, here's the secret to this. That is a way, if you are a retailer, to do a 
Yeah, I know there are several cigar shops that, that utilize that avenue because they don't want to be a big online presence, but if they get something really special that maybe their regulars aren't necessarily hot on, it becomes a really great way to offload some extra product. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially, you know, we talked about special releases already, right? You've got certain, if you live in an area where you maybe only have one cigar shop and it's not necessarily a, a, a nicer cigar shop, it's kind of limited, you're never going to see those special releases. So it becomes a great way for you to get your hands on stuff that not just to save a little money because usually it ends up being a wash but it becomes a way to get a hold of something that you otherwise would never experience. That's true and I will it kind of goes back to the other thing about traditional online sales on a, on a dedicated website is we talked about the shipping, you know, a lot of the times the reason that you pay for that shipping is because, yeah, it's pretty reasonably priced, but they're also going to ship it to you next day because they have to keep it humid, humidified. They'll ship it with a Bavita pack and, and make sure it gets, but they're going to ship that much faster. It's not going to sit on a truck for five days. When you buy from one of these groups, you can't guarantee that you're going to get that level of, you know, it may come in a bubble pack, so you have to worry about damage in transit. It may get held up in Hoboken, and it sits on the truck for, for a few days or something like that. Right. So you, you do have to be cautious on that. You know, you do a little buyer beware, read the comments, do your research before you purchase anything online. The good news with the Facebook groups, though, is that most of the guys who are selling are also buying, and so reputation becomes paramount to being to, – because – especially if someone has something very exclusive, there's going to be a line for it. And if you've got a reputation for being a bit of a shyster, you're probably going to get skipped in line over somebody that has a really good reputation. So in general, people tend to be fairly straightforward and honest, but there's, you know, there's, it takes all kinds. Right. Right. Yeah. And all the other place that I order online is I'll order from uh, in Fuego in Las Vegas because they roll their own cigar stuff. And that's the only way you can get them. Yeah. You either have to go to Vegas or go to there, which costs a little more than the plane ticket because you know, you're going to gamble. Right. <laughs> but you can order from them, and they've always had an excellent online experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or the golf course. Or the golf course or something like that. Your buddy's bachelor party. Don't come into a brick and mortar and just start with the cigars and bottles and lines. Which, that goes on to getting the rules that they shouldn't have to be a rule. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that's not 
No, I absolutely agree. It's really good. I mean, it's just an all-around good cigar. It, I'm not getting a whole lot of flavor notes out of it. It's not doing anything special for me. You know, I I forget that it's box press because it's such a light box press that it rounds out by the time you get halfway through it, which is what this one's doing. It's got a little bit of leather. It's very smooth. It's not like... This is one of the Crown Head cigars that's rolled in the My Father factory, but it doesn't have that typical My Father pepper to it, which is a nice change for something out of that factory, but it's just really, really good. Yeah, it's really good, and, you know, house blends, sometimes it does something where you'll find a house blend that'll just knock your socks off. Yeah. And that's always something, you know, that you can order online. And, you know, you can get a really good cigar really inexpensively that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, the Romeo 505 is great. Always great. I've just really, I just really enjoy these cigars. Nicaragua Puro, so it's right up my alley. It's not the Padron quality of tobacco, but it does have hints of that Padron type flavor. Kind of the, the poor man's Padron. Okay. I, it's a little, it's not nearly as smooth as the Padron is, but I would, but I definitely see what you're getting at there. Yeah. In fact, a little cheaper. Okay. Yeah, I was having a conversation with my uncle yesterday while we were on the bike and, and talking about how I, ever since I got back from Italy, I've been behind on all of my podcasts. And he was asking if I'd heard this or that or whatever. I was like, no, I'm, I'm two weeks behind, and I can't seem to get caught up. I listen to about eight or nine a week. Yeah, I think I've got, I've got that many in my regular subscriber. And I'll look at the description and say, uh, I don't really care. You know, if, if Carola has Jeff Boyle, I'm going to skip that episode. Um, I know you gave up on the current podcast for this year. I did. So... I used to listen to the Kevin and Bean show every day. It was a daily, and I, I actually don't have any more dailies uh, on my list, which has actually been really nice because it's allowed me to stay caught up a lot better. So it's based off of K-Rock radio station in LA. It's their morning zoo show, but they've been on the air for over 25 years. Well, they fired one of their primary on-air talents. It was Ralph Garman, who does... Uh, the Hollywood Babylon podcast with uh, Kevin Smith, and he's now doing the Ralph Report on uh, one of the uh, Patreon. They He was, did all of their voice work, and, and he was a, a, extremely talented and, in my opinion, the funniest part of that show, and that's what I listened for. So they let him go, and I wasn't going to be one of these guys that's like, oh, you fired my, you know, my favorite part of the show, so I'm not going to listen anymore. But I, I tried to listen to it for a few days, and it just it wasn't as good. So I, so I, I cut it loose. Well, you know, I used to be a daily listener to Bob and Tom. I had their VIP subscription, and I listened every day. And then, as happens, you know, Bob retired. And the show just wasn't the same. And, you know, it's interesting to try to fill those holes. Because I listen to two kinds of podcasts. I listen to information, and I listen to entertainment. You know, a friend here at the and it's great. 
four episodes of Friends is about 20 minutes an episode, but it's pure entertainment. One man talking, and it's kind of done in that old Southern Baptist preacher style. Okay. That's one of those things that's very personal in choosing a podcast for me is is I don't like single talent podcasts. I, I think you lose a lot by having one person on the mic. I think it has to be and I even even when it's one host with an interview, I think you lose a little bit. I think you either need two hosts or two hosts and an interview. I, I think you need that dialogue. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one that you might like, even though it's more my wheelhouse than yours, is Lost in Transition. It's a triathlon-based podcast out of Knoxville. But they talk about nutrition they talk about overall fitness it's not super triathlon based i love it and because they talk about the sport from just kind of a fitness perspective an all-around perspective and there's two hosts and they usually have multiple guests there's usually four people on at a time so the conversation flows really well i think you might really like that Yeah, and I can listen to a straight information, but I tend to like informative podcasts that have an entertainment element to it. One of my favorites is The Infinite Monkey Cage. Again, part of a radio show from BBC4 in the UK, but they give you the whole recording on the podcast version. So they trim it down for radio, but you get the whole performance. And it's scientists and experts talking about stuff that is so far over my head it's not even funny. But there's always a comedian or some type of comedic element. Plus, the, pe- the experts are always fairly clever as well. And so you do get that entertainment value on top of all the information that you're getting as well. And that, for me, is, is key. I like to have – I don't want it to be super dry. And you never get to hear them really interact. And, and because a lot of that, now, the person's skill as an interviewer plays into that, but a lot of it comes down to the personality of the guests. Like you mentioned the Corolla show is a perfect example of some of those guests will sit back and let him run the show and, and let it be an interview. And then you've got other guests like Joe Coy who just steamroll and make it all about them. And it, it becomes, and that's true on, on every podcast. It's not just that one, but that's the example that comes to mind where the quality of the guest really impacts my, the, the overall enjoyment and, and vibe of the show.
It's two and a half hours. And it's also hard on that one. This is what's key to me is consistency. His podcast doesn't come out every week. It's just kind of randomly, oh, here's a show this week. Like, it, it comes out sort of intermittently. So it always kind of hits, because I listen to that one as well. It hits sort of in the middle of, of my um, rotation. So I, for me, I, I want something that either comes out weekly or biweekly or whatever it is. I believe we are. It's getting about that time. I've had a really good time sitting outside and recording tonight. We've got to make this a regular thing as often as the weather will allow it. I think so. I think next time we need to be sure there's not a street fair going on behind us. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've got to say, from the headphones, I'm not hearing a whole lot of background noise. So hopefully it comes across as clean audio. That's right.